Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 369 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week, Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? I am doing very well, Chad. Thank you very much. Can I ask you a question, Chris? Please. Here's my question. You've been a Reds fan for a long time, and in fact, you're what I would call a Reds historian because you've written a book about the Cincinnati Reds. Has there ever been a week in the history of the Cincinnati Reds franchise, and they've been around for a while, has there ever been a week that was more fun than the week we just experienced? There may have been, but uh, this is pretty pretty fun. Um, coming off a time when, when at least uh, among you and me, the uh, the expectations were pretty low. So I, I'm pleased to be so far wrong about the 2021 Reds. <laughs> Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah, so uh, the baseball season started this week. Actually, you know, uh, opening day was last week, and, and Jason Linden and, I, Linden and I did the podcast after the opening day game. And the Reds lost on opening day, and, you know, it was an ugly performance. They were down 6 to nothing after uh, the first inning, 7-1 after two innings. And we were, you know, everyone in Reds, Red Leg Nation, I guess, would be justified in saying, here we go again. And Jason and I tried to make the case – you know what, come on, it's just one game, and the Reds did score six runs, and, you know, um, this team is not awful. They may not be the best team in the league, but they're not awful, so let's 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 tap the brakes a little bit. And then the Reds proceeded for the rest of the week to play like the best team on earth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how surprised were you by this week? And, and give me your reactions to the week that was. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I am surprised. It's uh, obviously any... In any you know week of baseball, any six game sample, it's not that unusual for a team that's you know we predicted to be barely you know around a five hundred team to go five and one instead of three and three, you know. But but they've looked like a juggernaut. I mean, they haven't won a couple easy games. They've got the the best run differential in the league by by a long way, and that's with Amir Garrett giving up four runs in the last inning that they played. Yeah, it's just, it was the weirdest week. I mean, you know, we just, obviously we've talked about how you can't draw too many conclusions from that 60-game season, but the fact of the matter is, for 62 games, we watched a team that could not score. <laughs> just absolutely could not score. And 62 games is not, you know, a, a you know three-game series. That's a lot of games. Uh, and, and for them to come out of the gates like this, it's just, it's, it's astounding to me. Let, let, let's sort of set what we're talking about. Uh, as we record this, the Reds are 5-1 and one after that opening day loss. They've not lost since the last time we did a podcast. If they just don't lose between podcasts, this is going to be a good team. 5-1, and one, <laughs> a game ahead of St. Louis in the standings, and just to kind of run through uh, the week, um, after that 11-6 to six loss, they won 9-6 to six on uh, day two against St. Louis and then won the series by a big 12. And we're going to get into what happened in that St. Louis series because that's the most interesting stuff of the week. But 12-1 to one win to win the series. And then a sweep of the hapless Pittsburgh Pirates, which included 14-1 to one and 11-4 to four victories in the last two games. I mean, it's just – it wasn't they, they, they were winning one-run games. They were just absolutely – they looked <laughs> – 
This is ridiculous, but I'm going to say it because I've said ridiculous things many times on this podcast. They looked like the big red machine. They were overpowering everybody since uh, since that opening game, and it was just it was crazy. I, I don't know how to explain it. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure where tra- Tyler Naquin fits in the the great eight, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to watch guys, you know, beat the daylights out of the ball. I mean, they've got. They've already had 65 hits, and I don't know how long it would take them to get 65 hits last year, but probably at least a week. <laughs> Six weeks, probably. Yeah, let's, uh, let's let's put some historical context to what we're talking about. The Reds have scored, and Chris mentioned the run differential. Now, let me ask you this first. Uh, the Reds are, I think, plus 31 in their run differential. Chris, is this like a European soccer where, like, if you tie at the end of the year, your goal differential is what uh, you know moves you on to the Champions League. Is that how that works? I'm not sure. I don't I don't believe it is. Oh, you know, I don't. I don't. Think that's the case. So you don't. You don't get any extra points for scoring more runs. But oh. it's it's just more entertaining. <laughs> it is more entertaining. Here's how entertaining for the Reds: 57 runs scored through the first six games. That is the most for any team this century. Uh, 1999 Indians scored 58. So that's the last time someone scored that many through six games. It's the most for any National League team since 1962. And the 57 runs scored through the first six games, the most in Cincinnati Reds franchise history. 132 seasons. Wow. <laughs> the Reds have had champions. They've had the literally one of the dynasties. That's the most through six first six games that any Reds team has scored. You know, come on. It's a silly. There's no way this is true. And again, I'm not saying they're the best team in Reds history, obviously, but what? That's the only thing I can say is it's how. Well, I'm playing the Pirates three times, I suppose. <laughs> That's true. That's most true. of it. Well, I scored, what, uh, 30 runs in three games against the Pirates. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that Sunday, that Easter Sunday game against the, the, the Cardinals, that, that may be the, like, the most surprising one, I guess, of uh, – of all of them, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. You know, we, we can get into it however you want, but I—that was not what I expected them to do after Saturday's shenanigans. That is a great context because you know uh, I hadn't really thought about it in these terms, so I'm kind of working this out in my head as we talk. But the last time around, when it was the Reds and the Cardinals, uh, the Reds kind of shrank. From the Cardinals, the last time they had these kind of you know tempers flaring, and we'll talk about exactly what happened. But uh, but let's go ahead and talk about it now. In that second uh, game of the season, the Reds, of course, as we said, lost eleven to six on uh, opening day. Game two, they won nine to six. But what was the most interesting about it was benches emptied. A, a fracas. It was a fracas. So uh, I guess on opening day, Nick Castellanos hit a home run. Because evidently that's what Nick Castellanos does. It's all he does. It's all he does. And uh, he did a bat flip and kind of danced down to first base. That's pretty pretty cool. I like that stuff. I don't know. Are you anti anti bat flip? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I I am I am a hundred percent pro bat flip. I am pretty much in favor of almost all you know demonstrations by players. The 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 only ones that kind of got me a little bit. Eh, uh, you know about it was uh, there's a couple of these college players now, these college pitchers mm-hmm. who are 
like doing this bit where they stare down the dugout on the after they strike somebody out and kind of do a little Brad the Animal Leslie act at the same time. Like that's probably a bit too much to me. Like I I don't like it when it's aimed at a guy, aimed at an opponent. But if somebody wants to celebrate their own uh, their own or the team's success, have at it. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I listen. I'm all for. Let the kids play. Isn't that what MLB told us? <laughs> at one point. At one point, yeah. That's what they said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, bottom of the fourth on game in game two. Reds are 0-1 on the season. Literally winless in, on the season. Now, they did score six runs in the third inning, so they're on their way. But in the bottom of the fourth, Nick Castellanos gets plunked, hit by a pitch. That's what plunked means. He got hit by a pitch. And Named after former Major League pitcher Eric Plunk. Ex- exactly. So Castellanos like picks the baseball up and like offers it back to to the pitcher. I mean, he he clearly wasn't happy about getting hit by a pitch. Did you is that, is that that what you understood from that? Uh... Yeah, and so so I was driving back from uh, from vacation during this listening to this game in the car. So I had uh, the Tommy Thrall and Jeff Brantley version of this. I didn't see anything until until much ah. later. So you know the 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 radio announcers basically were were surmising that uh, that that Cassianos was not hit on purpose because Jake Woodford couldn't throw a strike. They, and they didn't mention the, the opening day home run at all. And they did mention that he was he was offering the ball back. And I think Brantley said something like, "Yeah, pitchers don't like that." <laughs> As Brantley would know, I guess. Right. And then and then then the, the interesting thing about that story was they said. Uh, Yadier Molina is out there trying to calm everybody down. <laughs> That's a first. He said, right, and then you know, then it kind of led into you know Yadier Molina, elder statement, elder statesman of baseball, oh and gosh. and again, the I've never seen a guy for whom the 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 story <laughs> less matches the evidence than Yadier Molina. Right, you're not a fully paid member of the Yadier Molina fan club. I've noticed. No, but I'll give I'll give you this, Yadier Molina. Uh, did not take the bait to pile on me when given it about 6,000 times. So I'll at least give him that. I'll give him at least that much credit. Yeah. You'll have to go back, the, back in the archives to uh, listen to what that story is all about. But okay. So uh, later in the inning, Nick Castellanos comes around and scores on a wild pitch because, uh, you know, you got can't catch. And, um, so he's, he's, he's sliding home and, uh, this pitcher, um, whose name is all of a sudden escaping me. You just, Woodford. You just said it. Woodford. Um, I was thinking Wooderson, but that's somebody else, right? <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, Woodford, and, Pickford, and Wooderson are two characters in the same movie. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Um, so he it seemed to me that Woodford tagged. He kind of landed on Castellanos's back. Castellanos is safe at home. Um, he it was a very his, much a Ray. It was very much a Ray King. Uh, yeah. If he had been as fat as Ray King, it could have been as bad as that incident with Austin Kearns 15, 16 years ago. That effectively, it didn't end Austin Kearns' career, but maybe ended his uh, opportunity to become a star. I think we we agree. I think so. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I, mean, I, don't, I don't think Woodford did anything on purpose. I think, you know, he was trying to catch a, a high throw, lean down, put on a tag, and he kind of got tripped over Castellano's sliding head first. Like, I don't think he was trying anything there, but... It's like a it's like a pot, you know a loose ball in basketball. Sometimes the guy ends up on your back and you're not real thrilled about it. Well, you know that's a, that's a great point because I think you're absolutely right. I don't think he meant to tag Castellanos or land on his back and, and but I mean it was a really it was, it was a lot of contact. 
Um, but I do not think it was intentional as much as I would love to ascribe, uh, you know, uh, bad intentions to a Cardinals player. So Cassiano's safe. He gets up and it's like the picture that you've all seen already. I'm not telling anybody, but it's, it was, it was kind of glorious. He like this, he flexes over top of, um, of Woodford or Wooderson or whoever. And it was like, that was the moment where the switch flipped. And the Reds decided that they were going to be uh, bat flipping, showboating son of a guns in uh, in Amir Garrett's uh, 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 the parlance of Amir Garrett's times. Uh, um, it was crazy. So you know, benches benches clear, and then um, maybe you can explain this to me. We find out later. Uh, Castellanos is ejected. First of all, no one else in this mess is ejected, and then Castellanos is suspended for two games. And no one else. Now, how does Castellanos, and maybe you can describe to us, because you've seen it at this point, what Yadier Molina does in the aftermath. Castellanos flexes and walks off the field. Uh, promptly walks away. Like, literally, right. you know, it was like one flex, and you he, know, three he said, words. He says that he said, let's effing go. Let's effing go. And he goes. And... As he's probably takes two steps, Molina, which, you know, I don't, I'm not going to fault Molina for running over there, truthfully. Like, every catcher is going to try to protect his pitcher. And, right. And you've seen the picture. Woodford looks like a like a kid <laughs> just got sand kicked in his face at the beach. I feel bad for him in some ways. You <laughs> know, he's kind of he's, – he's totally defenseless. He's, like, sitting, like, practically crisscross applesauce on home plate. And he's in that picture forever. Really, really big dude, like – like flexing over him in kind of an irrational way. So fine. Molina comes over, but like I said, he Castellanos is gone and, and Molina grabs him by the back of the neck, by the, the, the trapezius, right? Gets a handful of shoulder and, and neck. And, uh, and it, it looks like he's trying to pull some sort of Vulcan nerve pinch on Castellanos. And then to do this, he has to kind of shoulder the, the umpire out of the way to get between, you know, because the umpire is running Castellanos, Castellanos out of the area too. So Molina's screaming and grabbing this guy by the back of the shoulder. And meanwhile, Mike Maddox, the pitching coach for the, the Cardinals, is come over the boards and is charging out on the field too. And then once all we get to this point, then, you know, everybody has to come out and mill around for a little while. And you're in, you have a fracas. Is it bad that I enjoy that when when that happens when these benches clear and the bullpen's <laughs> empty? <laughs> I, I I feel like a you know ten year old kid all of a sudden again. <laughs> I, I'm like, all right, this is great. Uh, I you know I mean I think intellectually I know it's stupid. Right. I know there are adults who ought to act better. I know that it's also even stupider is that nobody's doing anything most of the time. They're just like pretending to do things. Hold me back, hold me back. <laughs> right. But but a couple of years ago, when, when Amir Garrett went into the Pirates dugout. <laughs> it's amazing. I I was screaming in my house at whatever, 10 o'clock at night, whenever it was. I think I woke up everybody in the house, like, hooting and hollering because I was so excited. Don't you feel like a 10-year-old again at, at that point? Oh, I do. I feel, like, I feel like I did when I was, what, 15 or 16 when, uh, or 13 when the Reds fought the Mets. Ah, yes. Oh, I had tickets to that game. Did I ever tell you about that story? That story's in the book. 
Oh, did, we, did, we, did it make in the book? Yeah. I don't know. I've not read I, that book. I don't know about your ticket story, but how you were going to come. It was like a Wednesday night, wasn't it? It was something. I don't know, but my dad had tickets. We were there. We were in town, and he just decided, nah, let's just go on home. And he gave it's, the he gave the tickets to really? some guy in the hotel parking lot. Did you guys go up on top of that circular uh, rotating restaurant over in uh, Kentucky? <laughs> no, I wish. Uh, good time. For a guy who like made all that effort to come to those games, you had some some bad experiences. <laughs> yeah. Really, man, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna talk Wayne Crinchicky tonight? Really? Oh. Best week in Reds history, and you're gonna talk Wayne Crinchicky? What else would you talk about in the best week in Reds history? <laughs> this is literally the best week in Reds history. I don't know what you're talking about, man. You're talking about 1983. Get out of here. All right, so Castellanos. Nick Castellanos. So the great picture is fantastic. It's on T-shirts. It's all over. You know, it's going to be on the, the Holy Grail, uh, on, on the wall at the Holy Grail. By the way, the Holy Grail, like, uh, you know, mocking me on Twitter this week. Did you see that? No, no. Tell me about this. <laughs> you know, I was, I was being, you know, hyperbolic as I tend to do on Twitter. And then Holy Grail's like, oh, man, it looks like a success of uh, Red's ownership. After I've been hammering Red's ownership all, no, they're, so they're not not only it wasn't a one off. Like they're they're familiar with your body of work. Exactly right. They've been paying attention. Well, that's fair. Uh, it is fair. Completely fair. I had to yeah. concede. Yeah. After um, that game, I mean, so they interviewed the umpire, and and they're like, well, you know, why'd you throw out Castellanos? And they're like, well, you know, he violated the COVID protocol, and you're not allowed to get too close to somebody else when you're when you don't have any kind of business being there, and uh, you're also not allowed to like cause any trouble i guess you call, what do they call it cause any whatever you're not you know you're not allowed to rile people up <laughs> i think that's what it says you're not allowed to rile people up conference was it aggressive confrontation something I think like that's that the, yeah that was the phrase and then so the natural question they asked the umpire is like well okay well, what, what about molina right and they're like well you know sometimes the contact is uh isn't aggressive and, and the only thing i can think <laughs> about that stupid statement is that the umpire thought they were asking about Molina bumping into him. Right, which wasn't an intentional, like, Pete Rose bumping into, you know... Yeah. Uh, Dave Pallone. Dave Pallone, right. Yeah, I, that's all I can think about. Like, they they somehow just forgot that Molina aggressively confronted Castellanos and moved into a non-socially distant manner to grab him in the Vulcan neck pinch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can I can kind of buy the whole, oh, we got these COVID rules, you know, and, and you know, that's, I, I can buy that argument for why Castellanos, you know, might have gotten objected. I still don't know about the um, suspension, but still, I can, I can mentally work my brain around it. But there's no justification for Molina not getting. Well, especially this, is, like, again, maybe the ump didn't, like, kind of realize it or something in the moment. But when they get the next day and they watch the video and they're like, well, this guy's definitely getting suspended for two games. The other guy, no, no what do you mean? I, I don't see him doing anything. Right. I, I, <laughs> they got the video that we watched. Presumably, there's no other angle that shows, you know, that it was an optical illusion that Molina's fingernails into Castellanos' neck. <laughs> right. The, really, the picture that's going around is, is, is kind of startling. And, uh, and, yeah, so Castellanos gets suspended and no one else. Um, and Castellanos really did. I mean, he was. A, it was a. It was a something that happens in every NBA game, every single night. Let's go, you know, flex and move off. And sometimes maybe there's a technical foul called. It, it, yeah, this is a technical foul in college football for sure. This is unsportsmanlike conduct, taunting. Fifteen yard penalty. Sure. Fifteen yard penalty. Fine, move on. And yeah. like if ejection is the only 
like analog you have to an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which it's not. <laughs> but if it is, right? Because that's that's what Brantley was. Brantley was saying, "Well, Castellanos will probably get fined, but he's not going to get ejected because he didn't do anything to get ejected." And then you know, ten minutes later, oh, I guess Castellanos isn't coming back out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Just. Yeah, just kind of outrageous. But um, so he has been suspended. He's appealed that, so we'll see what happens on that. But as of this time, he uh, he's still under that suspension, and they'll have a they'll have a hearing. So um, after the game, listen, you know this is so easy to kind of overstate these things because we do them, we do it all the time. And sports fans are always looking for oh, here's the moment where it all turns around, where you know this is going to be what sends them off on a big uh, run, but. Momentum. Momentum. And listen, I, you know, it's ridiculous almost all of the time. Uh, but I don't know. And I know it's ridiculous what I'm getting ready to say, but after the game, Cassianos uh, has this quote. Look, I ain't out here to talk about me. I don't know if I'm a leader. I damn sure ain't a follower. But that's not for me to say. You know, it's for those guys to say what I am. And then he says, I'm not here to disrespect nobody or whatever. I want to win. I've lost my whole career, and I ain't trying to start the season 0-2. That, again, not, not the best grammar, but... No, it's not. It, yeah, it, it's kind of, like, honestly, like, I, I know he's not the same kind of, like, person with the press, and and the, the grammar is, is abysmal, but it's kind of like, there's a lot of Pete Rose in that in that series of quotes, in my in my opinion. Yeah. But now, listen. If the Reds go off and have a you know a year where they uh, really compete for the playoffs, this quote: "I ain't trying to start the season 0-2." This is going to become a flashpoint, and, and Castellanos is going to become like a, a a Greg Vaughn type figure. In, oh yeah, in Imagine. Reds history, right? Yeah. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to start the season 0-2. Now, did you see Castellanos' interview the next night? Was that when he was talking about getting Molina's jersey or something? No, no, no. That was the that was the same night he was talking about. I don't know. Yeah, still, yeah that was, I don't understand that. But after the twelve one victory in Game Three of the series, where the Reds won the series, um, two games to one, Jim Day in- interviewed him on the uh, on the field. And I'm always disappointed when anyone uh, Jim Day's interviewing anyone other than Eugenio Suarez because he's just so delightful. Um, Jim Day. <laughs> yeah, a good question, Jim Day. Every answer ends up with Jim Day, um, but he interviewed, he interviewed Castellanos and was at, you know I, I think he'd gotten some flack maybe I don't know if he, flack's not the right word but he his his grief maybe some grief but you know all the stuff he was saying about the day before got a lot of play and it was it was the weirdest conversation because every question he was like answering one to three words I mean it had serious I'm just here so I don't get fined vibes. <laughs> It was really bizarre, uh, you know. If it, and I, I don't know what to make of it because I don't know. The day before, he was like, you know, puffing his chest out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe he knew he was kind of under investigation. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you saw you saw David Bell's quote or statement or whatever that he issued, like in a <laughs> a beautifully like passive aggressive statement that he it issued. Was, that, yeah. <laughs> like I, I trust the league will take appropriate steps so that players and teams do not have to take action on their own to defend themselves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, he's used to his teams getting, you know, plunked. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm so glad, like my stress level at watching baseball is so much lower when Clint Hurdle is not 
<laughs> in the National League. Right. I mean, they would have thrown at Castellanos on game one of that series. No question. Guaranteed. Just because he had done something that they didn't like feel was appropriate. It had nothing to do with the Pirates, but he did something on Saturday against a different team. Let's throw at him. Well, he broke the unwritten rules, and you know, uh, the Cardinals with the Audi and Merlina, they're the they're the number one fun police. But Clint Hurdle, man, former Pirates manager Clint Hurdle, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but what was fun was the Cardinals or the Pirates do come to town after the Reds beat the Cardinals, and a lot of people are saying the Cardinals are the team to beat in the National League Central, which which I see. Uh, Nolan Arenado looks good in a Cardinals uniform, unfortunately. But then the Pirates come to town, and you know, game one's a a five to three win, really good uh, come from behind win. Uh, Amir Garrett gets the save in that one. Uh, first, the only save of the year for a Reds pitcher. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about the bullpen in a moment because the bullpen's been awfully good. But then fourteen to one and eleven to four uh, victories to sweep the Pirates, and it's just uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see it coming, given the fact that. Let's think about the last three years. Last year, 60-game season, the Reds started 1-4. and four. And we talked all preseason about how short season, they got to start quick if they want to be. And they didn't start quick. And they scuffled all year until the last 10 days. 2009, had, go ahead. Yeah. Well, if I had told you that Wade Miley, Sal Romano, and Carson Fulmer would combine for a, <laughs> a nine innings of one-run baseball, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have believed me? I would not have invited you back on the podcast, no. Uh, so, so last year, 2019, before uh, that, a one and eight start. And 2018, oh my gosh, I had almost put this out of my head. The, do you remember what the Reds started in 2018? One, what, three and eighteen. Three and eighteen. <laughs> yeah, my royalty, my royalty statements remind me of that every every time we get one. Oh, that's right. We really needed the Reds to get off a good start to sell books, didn't we? Yeah. Well, so much for that. Stupid Reds. Yolo. Oh well, whatever. So you know, I didn't anticipate a five and one start. Um, all right, we got a ton of uh, questions to answer. Let's let's run through quickly some of the uh, news of the week. We don't have to give too much uh, analysis here. Sonny Gray is you know supposedly going to be back sometime soon. He's pitching at the alternate site and whatever, but he's getting healthy. But the Reds went five and one, and Sonny Gray didn't pitch. As a matter of fact. The Reds were four and one before the last game, uh, and they had won four games. The only one they lost was Luis Castillo's garbage start. <laughs> <laughs> Who saw that coming? Yeah, if you if you had said Castillo was going to have an ERA of whatever sixteen or whatever it was, and the Reds were going to be four and one, I would have not believed it. No, never. But you know, I, I didn't know how good Jeff Hoffman is going to be. <laughs> Exactly. Now, have they already given Jeff Hoffman the Cy Young, or we still have to wait for that? Yeah, it's it's between him and Darvish. <laughs> right. Uh, the other uh, bit of news from the week that I, I did want to make sure we highlighted was that Shogo Akiyama, he is, you know, he's been hurt. He's at the alternate site and evidently doing well, but looks like mid-May is when Shogo, Shogo Akiyama, easy for me to say, could uh, rejoin the Reds. Now, the reason I want to bring that up is to sort of lead into a conversation about which players really you know, impressed this week, and and, and the one you got to talk about is Tyler Naquin, uh, the thirty-year-old uh, outfielder this year, and uh, you know uh, everybody keeps talking about his because uh, Jesse Winker was sick much of the week, so everybody's asking me, uh, you know, is Jesse Winker or Shogakiyama who's getting uh, Wally pipped here by by Tyler Naquin, who four home runs matching his output from last season, 
13 RBIs to lead the National League. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this kid? He's not a well, kid. He's no Tuffy Rhodes, but, I mean, <laughs> I'll take it. You know what I mean? I mean, he's not a terrible player. You know, he's not going to – the power is obviously not real, but he he's a fine fifth outfielder for this team. And if you – if you that, that's, that's the trick with the fifth outfielder, right? You They're going to have hot streaks and they have cold streaks, but they're not going to get to play through all of them. So if if they happen to hit a hot streak when they're needed, then you're in real good real good shape, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Naquin uh, obviously we, uh, the Reds acquired him from Cleveland, and uh, his rookie year is the most uh, games he's played. 116 games as a 25 year old, and uh, he finished third in rookie of the year voting. And really, an outstanding season. And that was the World Series season, right? Right, exactly. And so, just really, really good. Um, and he's been basically hurt ever since uh, as far as i've been able to discover and so you know some talent there but just you know injury issues and golly uh, he came out when the reds needed him because again shogaki i hurt jesse winker flu like symptoms hasn't played uh at senzel you know got hurt on day one but came back pretty quickly which whew, yeah, i mean some... he's played in every game all right so yeah um right yeah, yeah right the game he was after he got hurt he was uh forced back into action really and uh, you talk about fifth outfielders, but you know what? Uh, the other guy in that mix, Aristides Aquino, a <laughs> couple of long bombs. I mean, you know, he's done what Aquino does. It's going to be an interesting decision the Reds have to make when Akiyama comes back. And, you know, maybe Naquin falls back to earth. Maybe Aquino, you know, who knows? It's it's possible Nixon Zell might get hurt. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you say that? About Red Lake Nation Radio's favorite song. I mean, or anybody. Or anybody could get hurt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wendino uh, could get hurt. No, don't. Let's not, let's not wish that on him. But, yeah, that reminds me of the old saying, who's it, Calvin Coolidge or somebody? If, if you've got ten problems rolling down the road at you, just wait. Nine of them are going to roll into the ditch. Don't. <laughs> let's not worry just yet about it. The older I get, the more truth that's, there is in that statement. It, if, for, for the youngsters out there listening, as if there were anyone under 50 listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It, that's a life lesson. It's really true. It is. Don't don't do anything unless you have to. Yeah. Don't waste time worrying about stuff unless you. All right. So uh, great. Uh, but, I mean, here, let me just say one more. Like one more thing. Like the interesting thing, and 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 I certainly would not have predicted this the last time you and I talked, is that Kyle Farmer has the second least at bats on the team. Yeah. He had a good double. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I was we were worried that Kyle Farmer was going to be exposed and and starting every day and playing shortstop not that long ago. And, uh, you know, they've kind of kind of worked him in. He somehow played five games, but he only has nine plate appearances. So which is what a Kyle Farmer should do. It's a Kyle kind of Kyle Farmer usage I can get behind. Well, yeah, let's let's, uh, let's dive into that just a little bit because uh, the last time we discussed it, uh, it was before the Reds had moved Suarez, Eugenio Suarez, to shortstop, and so we were <laughs> concerned, shall we say? Panicked, panicked, panicked might be the right word. Now Suarez has not hit yet, and I'm not worried about Suarez; he'll hit. Hasn't fielded yet either, and that's the thing. He's been playing shortstop and three errors in the first four games. Uh, kind of, kind of putting up a Kyle Farmer performance. <laughs> I guess if you look up after a week, he does one eleven and not really fielding too well. I, shortstop, I he's had yeah. some trouble turning the double plays, um, and I mean it'll take him some time, I guess. But he does not look like a shortstop so far, does he? 
No, no, no. But we knew that was going to happen, I guess. But no, that's okay. I mean, that's the deal. Like I'm, I, you know, like this is you do this sometimes. Like it's the 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 least of the evils. You get Jonathan India playing, who I'm about to be convinced on him. <laughs> We're gonna have that conversation in a second. I have to because everybody's hammering me about it. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I've had some people coming at me like, oh, you know, what's the deal with Suarez? Is he ever going to hit again? He was awful last year, is, is what people are saying. I'm like, no, at the end of the year, he came back around, and, you know, he quit drinking beer. He just needs to get back to drinking beer, and he'll be fine. I like to drink beer. <laughs> Ooh. I've heard that in a Supreme Court uh, nomination fight at one time or another. So, um so now we're not worried about Suarez's back, right? Learned hand, I think. <laughs> learn and just learned hand. Are we worried about Suarez's bat? The answer's no, right? No, the answer's no. Exactly. Are we worried, as, worried about his glove? Yes, but we yeah. were before. <laughs> I'm not even worried about it. I'm just hanging on anything out of it. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, Four E twenty four. Oh, yikes! So, all right. Anyway, so let's see. Who else do we want to? Uh, you know what? Well, actually, you mentioned Sinzel. Let's mention Sinzel. Love it. Um, started that first couple games not great, then got hurt, and everybody's like, oh, here we go. But, you know, you look up at the you, end. You, you, know, you know what? I it was, so, it was so much of an overreaction, I was throwing out names like Massett and Marshall. You know that I'm a Sinzel fan. And you're a Sinzel fan as well, but... I'm a Sinzel you, fan. But, you know, I'm... Uh, I tend to get a little. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm probably low man on Sinzel's durability right now. Well, look, in all fairness, he got hurt in the fourth inning on opening day. <laughs> I mean, there's you know, a definite here we go again deal going. Yeah, here. but he comes back and you know he's played six games. He's hitting three fifty seven. You know he's uh, getting on base. He's you know got a double and a triple and just uh, athletic as can be and you know we got caught some glimpses this week of the guy maybe he hears uh, Jonathan India you know creeping up on him but uh we saw some glimpses this week so you know fingers crossed but he uh, he he looked okay right he he yeah yeah i mean i how do i say this not sound like a total jerk i don't see a number 2 overall pick when i watch him Okay. You know what I mean? I mean like, I'm, yeah, I like I still haven't seen that. I agree. We've not seen it. You know, now that though that was a, a god awful draft. So you can't point to like Derek Jeter that you know yeah. was missed in that who, draft. But who got picked ahead of him? It was like Mickey Morandini. Mickey Moniac. Oh. Mickey was it not Moniac. Mickey Morandini? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but but think about it, if Sinzel can just put up, you know, the numbers that he put up in the minor leagues when healthy and that, I know that's the thing. Is he not a top five center fielder in baseball? Yeah, I think that's right. And that's a big that's if, right. but it's it, it's, it, and like, it's not really fair to him. He's just kind of an interesting kind of player. Like he his he's kind of like uh, more than the sum of his parts. Kind of if he's if he's hitting like he did in the minors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. He like he, he's not he's fast, but he's not that fast. He's got power, but he certainly doesn't have like tape measure power. You know, like you know right. what I mean. So it's like yeah. he just kind of at the end of the end of the year, you look up and you're like, oh darn, that guy hit, you know, three ten and slugged five hundred. Okay, yeah, he gets on base pretty well. He plays defense pretty well. He plays, uh, you know, he hits for power fairly well. I mean, it, it, right, it's the sum of his parts. But again, it's all health. But yep. 
if he were to be healthy for a full season, I don't think at this point we can presume that. But if he were, that could be it's it's like acquiring you know an above average player, frankly, over last year's team, and that that's a big deal. The Reds may have acquired another above average player. We need to have the Jonathan India conversation, Chris Garber. Yeah, I'm. We're about to split a crow sandwich, I think. <laughs> Are we going to do that after six games, though? Uh, no, I mean, no. Uh, yeah, right. But but I don't want to be the other side of it. Like, I don't want to be the guy arguing that, like, John. No, Jonathan India sucks. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm going to lean into him being the rookie of the year. <laughs> Have some context here, because I don't think it's fair. People are like having fun poking at me, uh, you know, uh, and maybe you as well about uh, being the low man on India. And I don't know that we were ever like India sucks. <laughs> you know, my whole deal was just he was OK. He hadn't done anything yet. I mean, truthfully. Right. He hasn't had, you know, he hasn't had any kind of season. I mean, what's he got? career he's got 17 home runs in the in the minor leagues yeah and yes he was in some pitcher dominant leagues but uh, he was still just he was just okay he was not uh, you talked about Senzel did he has he ever looked like a top five pick yeah right he wasn't he was never like super young for his league like there was never a time when you're like well here you know yeah this big SEC guy, guy. Prospect list. right and so he had a great senior year or junior year I guess at Florida yeah so, you know, uh, everybody was raving over what he did at the ketchup factory last year that we couldn't see. And so I was like, right, okay. Secret. Right, right. You're like, yeah, okay. Right. right. Maybe. I'm gonna, i am got to wait and see. Well, i got to say, uh, the spring was good. And the early returns this season, um, he's gotten a hit in every game so far. He's second in the league, I think, in RBIs. Uh, he has been, I mean, it, again, one week, but nothing short of spectacular at second base for the Reds. Right. And then he looks it. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of the thing. Like, and granted, you know, everybody looks pretty good when they're when they're batting four seventy six. But I mean, he's hitting the ball really hard, like all over the park. And you know, I, I always like guys that hit triples. That's cool, you know. So uh, I I don't know. I mean, I look at him and I'm like, I feel more like I did when I saw Jay Bruce. Hmm. Interesting. You know, not the same kind of player, but you know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, this is a dynamic talent who who's can carry a team for a while. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't look overmatched from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, 24 years old, second base, he can handle, he's probably the best defensive infield the Reds have. Um, I don't know, you know, I mean, uh, maybe we're going to have to eat crow. I don't know that that's necessarily uh, the description that I would give here, but I do have to say that uh, – I, 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 what I said last time we talked about this was he's got to show me something. Well, okay, early returns, but he has shown me something, man. He he looks good. He look, I mean, he he looks like he belongs, and his hair's great. We know that. But can I can I just say this? This whole red sparrow thing they're trying to have you seen? What this? is that? I I saw something on that. I I didn't want to even like try to learn about it, but. Since you brought it up, what what the heck is it? Well, you know, one night on the broadcast they were trying to come up with a nickname or something, and. The fact of the matter is he does kind of look like Captain Jack Sparrow from uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean oh, movies. Oh, I got you. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, I can see that. He's got the little goatee, and, you know, he can't grow a full goatee because he's like 12 years old, and he's got the long hair. And I can see that, but, but Red Sparrow? That was like a movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence or something, I think. <laughs> he just look, he looks nothing like Jennifer Lawrence. but I, I mean, not much. Um, I, uh... 
I'm all for goofy nicknames, though. <laughs> so, like, Red Sparrow's pretty goofy. I'm not buying it yet, but whatever. Maybe it sticks. I don't know. But, yeah, Jonathan India, fantastic. Now, um, he's not going to win the uh, Rookie of the Year, though, and I'm going to tell you why. Tyler Stevenson's going to win it. Think? I mean, I think he's still qualified for the Rookie of the Year, and, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, he, it's just three games, 11 plate appearances, but he has looked the part as well, you know, had a home run. Um, what do we think as far as like long term? Who's gonna, who's gonna play uh, the most a catcher, or is it gonna be you know eighty, eighty one and eighty one? Yeah, you know, early on, I think uh, Tucker Barnhart started four of the six games, uh, which is you know he's a Gold Glove catcher, and I can kind of see that early in the year. I, I don't know, but I would not be surprised if it. Either evened out or by, you know, August, September, if Stevenson's bat has caused that, that you know, it to shift where he's getting uh, he's getting more starts. I don't know. I expect I would expect eighty one, eighty one, somewhere in that neighborhood eventually, but at some point it flips to the, the kid who can hit. Although Barn- yeah, now you know, Barnhart's crushing it too, so I don't think it's gonna be until maybe that stops happening too. Yeah, maybe it won't. I hope it doesn't. But, it, you know, we've watched Tucker Barnhart for a few years, and I like Tucker Barnhart. He's won two gold gloves. But, um, yeah, it's going to be dependent on how well he can hit and keep up with the kid. Um, pitching. Let's talk about pitching quickly. Obviously, uh, Castillo was not good on his uh, opening day start, but great second start. That was the Castillo. And he was throwing a lot more uh, fastballs. He threw a lot of sliders on opening, on opening day, and I don't know he's working with that, I guess. But, you know, the other starters in the quote-unquote rotation right now with uh, Sonny Gray and, and Michael Lorenzen out all looked pretty good. These are guys, I mean, Tyler Malley, uh, we've talked about Tyler Malley, but Wade Miley, Jeff Hoffman, Jose DeLeon, you know, you can't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I want to just look at that and be like, okay, it's a bunch of journeymen. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Jeff Hoffman was a, a, a top 10 draft pick. I mean, he's not a nobody. Right. Um, you know, I mean, he's not a guy that you've never heard of. Well, maybe same, he's same the, with Jose De Leon. Shor- yeah, maybe they're the Pete Shoricks, and and maybe it's Derek Johnson and 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 the 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 Kyle Bodie system are just magic. And maybe I don't know. It <laughs> I know. Matter how good you are, we're squinting a little bit there, but I think well, there's something to it. You know, I mean, that's the thing too. Don't forget this: like to make the major leagues as a pitcher, you have to have the best arm that you or I have ever seen up close. Right. And if you can do a little bit more, make one of those guys 5% better, all of a sudden you got a legit pitcher. That's a good point. And there's, you know, some, I mean, we, I think we, we agree that the Reds have something going on with Derek Johnson, Kyle Bodie, the pitching and, and Hoffman in particular was a guy that they identified as being somebody they thought they could help a former, you know, um, top prospect and he's 28 now but and again we're talking about five innings on opening day but he you know three hits one run he looked he looked good jose de leon same same thing five innings three hits a uh, couple runs look good uh, you know wade miley's a guy that i thought everybody's kind of down on and i thought this guy's a perfect fifth starter uh optimally you know he's had success in the past with Derek johnson and you know it's just about health with him although he's a little older but he has had success in them in the big league so I don't know. The I mean, bull. Go ahead. 
You know, I mean, it's going to go in the bullpen. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, Carson Fulmer is another guy that pitched for Derek Johnson at Vanderbilt. Right. A, a big time stud prospect who has been, I think, hurt, right? I mean, more or less. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, another guy that they've identified because, hey, maybe, you know, he has the. Well, CNO Perez is another guy. He was with Houston, you know. Um, for three years and you know okay off and on but the golly he looked amazing in the two games that he pitched this week uh, for the reds uh you know maybe not the results the results were pretty good two and two-thirds innings but he was throwing hard i mean he just you know uh i don't know the worst reliever the reds have had <laughs> i mean you're garrett yeah well, he's <laughs> he's he's throwing bp right now i mean that ball that they hit the Grand Slam on last night was like middle, middle, middle. Yeah. Uh, let me. I was texting. He'll be fine. He will be. Yeah, no, I'm not worried about him. I don't think Amir Garrett's going to have a 22.5 ERA <laughs> by the end of the season as it is now. But uh, about Amir, tons of talent, but you know he's always had this kind of inconsistent streak where he can't throw strikes or he leaves a pitch up in the zone or something. He's always had this. He's never really been able to iron that out, right? Am I, am I being unfair to Amir Garrett? No, he's never put together a dominant season. So in terms of being a closer? I'm not, like, optimistic about it. Like I, but it, And again, this is where I am now. Like I don't read everything and pay attention to the day-to-day as much. Is he the closer with capital letters, like, we're going to go down with the ship or is it like, well, Amir's going to be the, the guy that's going to get the game, the ball at the end of the game probably. But, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to go with who, who's rested and we're going to go with the matchups and like, what's the philosophy? Well, I mean, there's been some, some, some comments from David Bell that maybe it's a, not really a closure by committee, but it's not necessarily settled. Uh, Garrett has the only save of the year, but they've not really had any save opportunities uh, so far this year other than, than that one game. You know, uh, I think when Luke Sims gets back, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be uh, a little bit, uh, it'll be between those two, I think, to who gets those, when I say get back, he's pitched. But um, when he gets back full speed, he's really not had much of an opportunity so far. I think it's between those two. Um, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm not convinced. I, I think Garrett is a good pitcher who's a valuable member of the bullpen. I'm not quite sure he's the end-of-the-game guy just yet. I guess that's all I'm saying. I don't want to criticize the guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I don't even know that. Yeah, I, I mean, you want – you need someone who's going to come in and strike people out. And you got that in Lucas Sims, and and I think you got that in TJ Antone. What about uh, Roselle Iglesias? I uh, don't know who that is. Yeah. Be nice to have that guy. All right. Uh, you want to answer some viewer mail questions? Let's hear it. Let's answer some of these. Before we begin, we uh, need to give some, some shout-outs, some thank yous to some of our friends who have joined the family here over the last uh, week or so. We've had – it's uh, it's getting to the point where we're not going to be able to answer all these patreon.com slash Radio questions because uh, they're just uh, – the, the group's growing too much. And I love that. Thank you all so much. Let's uh, let's run through the thank yous for this week, as as we always do. We got to give. We're gonna we have got, to go to the money back guarantee. <laughs> that's right. We we're gonna sign these guys uh, a place on the Red Leg Nation beer league softball team versus Kent Schroeder. Kent Schroeder, and uh, the fact of the matter is, I can't remember if I 
shouted, shouted Kent out last week, so we're doing it again because I love you, Kent. Kent Schroeder. What position does Kent Schroeder play on the Red Lake Nation Beer League softball team? Well, um, I, I always think back of, uh, was it, is it Bill Schroeder or Bill Schrader? I don't remember how you pronounce his name. The, the longtime uh, brewer, utility man. I think he's one of their announcers now. Okay, there you go. So, anyway, he, I, he played a few positions. He, he was a catcher and a, and a first baseman and a DH, so I think that's where uh, Kent's going. Uh, well, here's what I'm going to I'm going to pronounce his name Schroeder here, and I'm going to name him the uh, the point guard on our – Are you putting an umlaut on it? I am, yes. Uh, he's going to be the point guard on our off-season basketball, barnstorming basketball team. <laughs> so there you go. Kent, thank you so much. Uh, next is a, a friend of the podcast for a while now, but we need to shout him out here, Ellis Farson. Ellis Farson. Um, Ellis Farson is a. I'm thinking Ellis Burks here. That's what that's what I'm getting. Uh, see, I'm thinking Ellis Valentine. Ooh. And that uh, was it. Ellis Valentine or Warren Cromarty who had that baseball card where he had a a football face mask attached to his baseball helmet. I don't know, but you just mentioned Ellis Valentine and Warren Cromarty. Well, this podcast is amazing. I don't remember. Um, Hey, how's Rosell Iglesias done uh, so far this season? By the way, uh, Rosell's had a, a rough start. He's he's pitched in uh, four games, four innings, five runs, uh, four of them earned. Oh, so maybe I need to shut up about Rosell Iglesias. <laughs> he's, right. he's 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 uh, ruining Mike Trout. <laughs> All right, Ellis Farson is our center fielder, and he's wearing a, a, a football like uh, you know uh, what's what's that called there? The uh, football uh, football face mask. The face mask. Okay, over his uh, his batting helmet, but uh, he's not afraid to get, take a pitch to the noggin like uh, Jonathan India did this week. Ellis, thank you so much for joining us. Next thanks goes to Richard Stallard. Now, Richard Stallard, I've actually known Richard Stallard for uh, for many years now. Big Reds fan. I always enjoyed uh, talking Reds with him, and glad he's joined our family here. Richard, when, when you hear the name Richard Stallard, where do you put him? Uh, bullpen. Bullpen? Mm-hmm. I want to put him, uh, we won't get into what I know about Richard, but I want to say that he's our, you know, head of uh, ballpark security. Because I would trust him with that. All right. But uh, let's let's say bullpen, he's uh, he's kind of a, uh, a flamethrower, like a big guy who throws hard, comes in, and one inning is his max. Richard, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. I hope I get to see you again soon. I uh, really appreciate you joining the family. The last one is Rob Chapman. Now, you hear the name Chapman. I know where you're going to go, but... Well, Rob Chapman. There's a lot of... You could go, you know, obviously, a role as Chapman, but you also have uh, Ray Chapman. Well, you got Rob Murphy, if you go with his first name. Another res reliever. That's true. So that's why I lean with reliever for Rob Chapman. I got the Rob Murphy... I think, I think that's combo. good. I think that's good. Bring him in. We'll bring him in. He's a he's a lefty. Rob Murphy was a lefty, right? I'm tapping my left uh, elbow right now. <laughs> you're bringing him in for the – oh, you're, he's going to pitch tonight. Yeah, it's right now. He's coming in to finish the podcast. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate it. You two can uh, can join the family at the Red Leg Nation Radio uh, Patreon site, patreon.com slash redlegradio. Let's try to run through as many of these questions, and I'm just going to tell you guys uh, ahead of time, we're not going to get through all these questions because it's been a great week, and we've had fun talking about it, and there's too many of you now. It's just 
uh, one of the one of the benefits of being uh, quote unquote benefits of being part of the family is that you get a, get priority on your questions and you guys are going to get priority but mm, not all of you maybe Joe Farsing can't put everybody at the front of the line we can't put everybody Joe Farsing asks Homer at the bat but with current MLB players who you got. Joe knows that uh, when when you and I are on here together, that uh, Simpsons question is always going to go well, right? <laughs> on it, yes, exactly. All right, so uh, quickly, if we can, current MLB players for for around the uh, for Homer at the bat. All right, um, Altuve at pitcher. <laughs> oh no, he's not a pitcher. Oh, I don't watch uh, the American League. Yeah. Um, Jose Altuve at second base, I think. Okay. Well, let me, let me pick one. Uh, give me trout in center field. Okay. Trout in center field. That's my Jeter trout. At short, Jeter at shortstop. Wait, what? Wait, wait. Okay. Never mind. No, Derek. Uh, Derek Jeter, not, no. not, um, Mark Grezelonic. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but there was, there was a, some sort of Saturday Night Live skit in the mid 1990s, late 1990s, where a bunch of uh, what was it? Uh, there was a uh, like a bunch of Major League Baseball players like piled out of a out of a a room or something like that. I, I don't remember what what exact. Somebody's like dreaming about baseball, and and Mark Grudzelonic was in it. This is not true. Are you are you seriously telling me that Mark Grudzelonic was on Simpsons? No, he was on the Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's. Saturday Night Live. Yes. Okay, now I'm confused. Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, it was a bunch of Cardinals and and uh, a bunch of Cardinals and Expos. Mark Grudzelonic. And and I can't remember like exactly what it was, but like Chris Kattan was like dreaming about. He was like a kid and he was dreaming about these baseball players like showing up in his room in the middle of the night. The worst Saturday Night Live and cast member like, ever, Chris Kattan. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it, but there was like. Mark Grudzelonic in uniform, like came out of like a closet in Chris Kattan's bedroom, and like just like, I think they went to like look for like Kattan's mom or something. Like it was, it was a very bizarre thing. Godzeal, I think, was involved. <laughs> I need to go look for this. That's fantastic. It wasn't the Colonel Angus skit, was it? <laughs> no, 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 it was not about John, the Reds' former reliever. <laughs> John, Colonel Angus. Um, All right, so we got we got a, a center fielder and a second baseman. Okay, hold on, quickly though, my favorite tri- trivia question: Who is the only Cincinnati Red ever to host Saturday Night Live? One Cincinnati Reds player has hosted Cincinnati, has hosted Saturday Night Live. Who is it? Ken Griffey, Jr. Not true. Dion Sanders. Ah, <laughs> Neon Dion. So there you go. Red's great. All right, quickly, let's so, just run through uh, this. Yeah. So. Um, you're next. I, I I gave you Mike Trout. Who is the Steve, who is the Steve Sachs of 2021? I'm going to say it's uh, Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo. Okay. So we got him at first base, I guess. Unless we're going to put him mm-hmm. in second like Steve Sachs. He would probably no, okay. throw balls away. Um, I'm going to say, uh, who else was in that? Uh, Mike Sosha. You know, I, I think Tucker Barnhart might be the Mike Sosha. Why not? He's just as good. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. Yep. Um, who else was in that? The Wade Boggs, Daryl Strawberry, Mattingly, <laughs> of course. Daryl. Nobody has a sideburn, so there's not really a Mattingly comparison. <laughs> it's not. I think Arenado might be in it. Okay, we'll get we'll get Nolan Arenado. Um, Roger Clemens. 
Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Trevor Bauer. I just got a notification, by the way, about Trevor Bauer. Apparently, he's under investigation. Under investigation for uh, baseballs thrown by Bauer versus the A's had markings and were sticky and sent to the league for inspection. <laughs> we gonna, narrowly avoided that. His mouth is going to get him in more trouble. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, we need to have a, a third. We got a third base. We need a shortstop and uh, two more outfielders. No, really, we just need to decide who's going to drink uh, the the tonic and get uh, gigantism. And then we can move on. Well, Dansby Swanson. <laughs> Dansby Swanson. Oh, boy, I love that episode. All right, we got to move. Andrew Scott Wills. All right. Can we just talk about the offense in 2020 compared to now? Well, we already did that. It's better. It's better. Thank you. That's the I wanted to say. Scott or Webker, with what we've seen from the lefty bat of Naquin so far, do you try to trade off Shogo if Naquin can stay hot? Hate to see that for Shogo, but Naquin has similar defense and speed with a cheaper contract and a better bat for now. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know that either of those are. But we we know that either of those are one's better than the other, right? I can't imagine like the trade market for either one of those guys. Truthfully, actually, right now you might be able to get somebody to get Naquin this second. It's, are there people that dumb? They're like six games in. Uh, no, the Reds are not as dumb as they used to be. So there's no teams that are that dumb. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I think what's gonna it's gonna be interesting what happens when uh, Shogo is ready to come back because they do they're gonna have to make a decision. Um, and you know, uh, Naquin or Aquino or either of those guys gonna clear waivers and maybe the Reds get to keep them around. You know, maybe not. Okay, thanks for the question, Skyler. Mike Perry has the next one. A lot of conversation has been deservedly focused on the 2021 offense, but the pitching is encouraging too. Which pitching performance impressed you the most, and who do you think has moved out of the rotation when Sonny Gray comes back? Uh, which one of those other guys have uh, impressed you the most? Chris, I, I, I think I'd have to say Hoffman. Wade. You think Hoffman? Yeah, well, maybe compared relative to what well, we were expecting. Wade, so, yeah, relative to right. I think I think Wade I think Wade Miley pitched a better game. But I, I also think Wade Miley's 34, and we know who he is. So I'm not expecting Wade Miley to have, like, a breakout year. Right. Good point. So whatever that means, I don't know. Yeah, but Hoffman— if, And De Leon's probably the guy who's put out. As of now, I think I'd say Jose De Leon, which he, he will make a, a fine addition to the, uh, to the bullpen, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, I think I, I guess uh, um, in the context that you're giving it, I'll, I'll go with Hoffman as well. Though, man, I was really happy to see Wade Miley pitch like the Wade Miley we've seen at times— well, we've never seen him in Cincinnati, but uh, in his career. You liked the, the fact that he was compared to Tom Browning, too. Ooh, TB, my man TB. Yes. I did like that. I, uh, I mean, I, I love how fast he works and he just kind of goes at guys. He is fun to watch when he's not being terrible. You know, I, I love baseball, and I like watching baseball all day and all night. But, man, a guy that works fast, <laughs> it makes the game it makes the game more fun to watch. I don't know. Cal-ca- I just like the proportion of baseball to my time to be high. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yes. Um, Kyle Kapler asks a question here. Um, what type of investigation would special agent Deck McGuire handle? <laughs> Deck McGuire? What, he, this is like from four years ago. Why is, he, why is Kyle bringing us a Deck McGuire question? I'm ignoring that. Deck McGuire is our fool. Oh, my goodness. Come on. It's a great Reds team. We don't need to talk about former garbage. Uh, anyway. Um, Post, postage stamp fraud. 
<laughs> there you go. Nathan Connor, Chad, if the Reds keep hitting like this and you still have the willpower to maintain your Bob Castellini protest, I will be impressed. But listen, the team's success is not tied to your whereabouts, so nobody will judge you if you cave in, walk up to the box office, and slam your money on the counter like Cosmo Kramer in the contest. I'm out! That's right, I'm out of the contest. I'm not I'm not spending money on, on the Reds this year. I, I, I'm loving what's going on. I love them. I'll keep doing it. But I'm not spending money. Are you with me on this boycott, Chris Garber? I'm. I'm. I was gonna. I was gonna. Uh, I, I was hoping to get a chance to talk about this. So I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I I believe everything we said and we talked about. I am still not a fan of the, the Reds' ownership, and I am still not inclined to support them. Uh, at the same time, if I change my mind. I don't care if people on Twitter say Garber changed his mind. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like if that's not going to stop me, if my kid wants to go to a game and I decide to take him, I'm going to go. And if people want to say something about it, that's cool too. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, they haven't changed. The players are playing well. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get that. Um, and, yeah, you should. You should. Again, this – protest thing uh this boycott i've not been encouraging anyone else to do it. it's just me i'm just i'm not gonna do it but um I, and i don't uh, think badly i think poorly of anyone that that does uh, want to go to the ballpark because frankly a good a great american ballpark even when the reds were bad the great american, ball, great american ballparks are a fun place to hang out and, and watch a game i'm gonna watch the reds this year i, I don't know where it's gonna be necessarily um i've been we've been uh, looking at dates to go down and watch them in atlanta um we're Maybe planning a uh, a trip this summer across the country, and I'm trying to plan it around maybe where I can see the Reds on the road, whether that's Colorado or uh, you know wherever. I don't know. Uh, Petco Park. Yeah, right. I mean, seriously, I, we're we're trying to figure that out. So I'm going to watch the Reds this year. I love the Reds. <laughs> I talk about the Reds uh, all the time, but yeah, I'm not I'm not going to Great American Ballpark this season uh, again unless my son says, "Dad, I really want to go to Great American Ballpark." Okay, that's the one situation where I'm probably like, "Well, you know what." I like going to the ball game with my son. So we'll go to other ball games, other parks, but if he really wants to go to Great American Ballpark. And I'll, I'll say this if they make the World Series, I'm going to go to the World Series. Is that bad? Should I? Am I? <laughs> no. I, no, not at all. I think this is, look, this is an entertainment product for exactly. us to consume at our pleasure. Like, there's absolutely no rules about this. If you want to go to a game, go. If you want to go to a game and be unhappy about it, go. If you don't want to go to a game, don't. If you want to skip the whole season and go to the playoffs, do it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's what, however you like it. That's exactly what I've been saying. Like that's why I try to say this is this is me doing my little protest thing. But I'm not encouraged. If you want to go to a game, go to a game. I don't think bad about you if you do. I'm, I'm not asking you to join me on this. Yeah, it's 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 if if you get joy out of going to the stadium, then go. I don't even care if you get joy out of out of judging you and me for this. <laughs> right. If that gets you off, you know, calling us boomers or something, good. Whatever makes you happy. I'm for it. <laughs> I am as well. Richard Stallard uh, kind of has a similar question that we've already answered, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, read it anyway because I appreciate Richard joining us. Love this as long as we can. All flame is feeding, fleeting in this world. If this keeps up, will you be taking in a few games? Will that become an option? Uh, no, no, but uh, I do appreciate the fact that he, uh, Richard Stoddard, also commented with the uh, James Earl Jones uh, speech from 
filled with dreams. You gotta love baseball, you know. Chad will come. <laughs> right. By the way, uh, if you join us at Patreon, uh, our this month's Patreon exclusive podcast was me and uh, my guy Joe Farsing. We were talking about baseball movies. We had a long discussion about uh, Field of Dreams, so you can get access to that. Jerry Seduth, uh, who I just mispronounced his name again. I know you've told me a hundred times. Between Naquin and India, who do you think will be better able to consistently produce over the course of a season? I mean, it's India, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely over the course of two seasons, but I think India. Yeah, yeah, it's India. And if India, you know, oh man, I really hope he does well. I really hope people, I really hope that in October people are like smacking me around and you around about, you all hated India. Um, Because we never hated India, but that's what happens on Twitter. Uh, Hyperbole, but I hope, I hope he's good. Joey Gaditza, hey guys, cheers to the Reds' early success. So many storylines to choose, but uh, of them, is there one that uh, uh, may not stand out as much as the rest, but still an important factor? I say Miley's start was under the radar, huge for this team. I think Miley's start was big, bigger than than Hoffman's, just because Miley's a guy that once everybody's healthy, Miley's going to be in that rotation, and if he can be Miley, uh, that's that's big for this rotation. So I think I agree with Joey. Any thoughts? My brain is empty. Thank you. All right, let's see. We got a we got a good grief. This is ridiculous. We're having way too much fun. Let's see if we can find a uh, Charles Zollers asks, should I go ahead and get a tattoo of the 2021 Reds World Series champs? Yes. I uh, I think you should get a tattoo of Jeff Hoffman. <laughs> you need to get a tattoo of Jeff Hoffman on your buttocks. And uh let's save the other side for what to see what happens with the next 100 and- well, I mean, what, the next six games. That's this week's tattoo. Right, exactly. We're going to go see. It could be somebody else. New tattoo every six games. Oh, Merson. John Majewski, quickly. Midseason, Reds first place, six games up on the Cubs. Um, after failing to get an extension, the Astros make it known they're willing to trade shortstop Carlos Correa as the Reds. What would you be will- willing to give up for a half season rental of an all star shortstop? Carlos Correa. Good player. I'd trade Shed Long for him. <laughs> what about Tyler Trammell? Would you add him in? Taylor Trammell, I would trade uh, Josiah. What was that guy's name? Gray. Josiah Gray. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do they have anything to trade anymore? I mean, it's like uh, Hunter Green, and that's it, right? Yeah. I. I, I, just, I yeah. I'm Hunter not sure. Green they're... and a bunch of like baseballs. <laughs> I'm not sure they've got. I don't it. think I'd trade Hunter Green for him. No, I would not trade Hunter Green for him. Um. Yeah. Nick Lodolo. Would you trade Nick Lodolo for him? Yes. Really? I'm not sure I would. Carlos Correa? For, Pretty good. Yeah, but for three months of Carlos Correa? Mm. Yeah, for, oh, well, well, in this scenario, uh, John's scenario, where the Reds are in first place, six games up on the Cubs. Well, oh, the, well. I the, probably wouldn't do anything at that point because who cares, right? You're, there's like 16 teams that make the playoffs and everything. Not this year they don't. Oh. <laughs> Have you gotten confused? Well, still, like, there's like six, right? There's a bunch. Yeah, a bunch make it. So, yeah, you figure the Reds can at least get a wild card. I don't know. The Reds will blow it. All right, let's see. What else we got to do? We got we to gotta get out. Too many questions. Um, Rob Chapman, love your question. Not going to be able to answer this week. Uh, Chuck Nichols, thank you, buddy. Uh, TV crew is doing an excellent job as part of his. Uh, I agree. Can, do we can we comment on the the TV crew? Uh, well, I agree and I disagree. I, I talked about this with Jason last week. 
Barry Larkin's gotten better, but he was yeah, pretty. That opening day was rough. It was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. Back when I played. Uh, but he's gotten better. I do have to concede. But John Sedek's good. He is, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, part of it, look, I mean, the, the, the prior play-by-play man, I mean, honestly, for the last 20 years, the play-by-play has been imperfect. Um, we, we, we love George Grand, and George Grand looks very, very good in retrospect after he was replaced. But, I mean, Nick, I mean, um, John's a, a legit, solid, top-level pro play-by-play man. Yeah, I mean, he's a pro, absolutely. With no bullcrap. But you know what else that I like about uh, about John Sadak is this. Um, you know, first of all, we had, uh, gosh, what was it that happened this week? There was like a call overturned in the Reds' favor. He got like really excited, which, you know, that's whatever. That's that's funny. But also, man, that guy, I mean, he's not, he, he, when was he hired? Two months ago? Uh, yeah, late January, maybe. This guy has done his homework about Reds' history, about the current team. He is so prepared for every game. I mean, we talk about a pro's pro, but I mean, it really stands out. And I've been, I've been impressed. Uh, and I'm not, you you've not heard me on this podcast criticize broadcasters that much. I just, whatever, they're broadcasters. But I got to say, early returns, right? Early returns are. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, that's not going to change. I mean, he's prepared. He's focused. He likes baseball. He more or less seems to like the Cincinnati Reds, or is at least excited to be around them. He's not telling you about the other teams he's he's worked for. He's not bitching about why every player stinks. I mean, it's a big difference from some other broadcasters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. That's all we'll say. Now, I guess that's probably where we need to stop it. And I'm sorry for the rest of you that asked questions. Rob Chapman, Chuck Nichols, Mark Hyden, Kevin Lowe, Jeff Euchler, Risto Neely. And uh, Joe Farson, your last question really is just insensitive uh, to me. <laughs> um, I appreciate you all, but we really, this has been a wild week. It's been a fun week. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Uh, Chris, I mean... You didn't really answer my question earlier in the podcast. Can you remember a week that was better? Um, yes. <laughs> Stop. October of 1990. Stop telling the truth on this podcast, Chris Garber. This is good. This is good. No, it's fun. I mean, you know, okay. how long will it last? Yeah. Who knows? But it's fun. And that's, again, you talk about entertainment product. This was a good entertainment product this week. That's right. We'll pick up those questions in the future. They're probably still current. <laughs> exactly. All right, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get to find podcasts. We're there. Subscribe, leave us a rating review if you want. Tell your friends about us. That's the best way to to grow the uh, the community. Listen, uh, you know the, the the community on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Red Radio keeps growing, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, the Slack channel is amazing. Just it's a like an alternative Twitter without morons. Um, I don't know. Uh, come join us if you want. If you don't, whatever. We're still going to give you this podcast, and uh, and we're going to have fun doing it. Chris, man, any final thoughts for us? No, I'm I'm good. You guys will always get me for free, and you get uh, higher quality guests on the premium show. So, <laughs> yeah, you're just not quite up to the level yet, Chris. But I keep it. working. I'm not I'm not Patreon caliber. I get it. <laughs> oh mercy for for Chris Garber and Mark Grudzalonic. This is Chad Dotson saying, "So long, everyone." Mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.